You talking to me? After a busy week last week, not so busy this week uh, in the screening room. Welcome. This is the Screening Room Podcast, and she is Hope Madden. He's George Wolf, And we're from MadWolf.com. A couple new ones in wide release this week, one or two in limited release we'll get to. And uh, sad to say, both the, the ones leading the pack this week are not that great. No. Maybe one a little worse than the other. So we'll start with the new one from Shia LaBeouf. It's called Man Down. He's my battle buddy. We kicked the doors together. We took enemy fire. It's just not a relationship you'd understand if, if you haven't been through it, I guess. Is there a reason you don't want to discuss what you saw in that room? What happened in that room is real. I can't take that back. I can't rewind, you know, it's just one of the things. Yeah, this one has a, a strong start, and it's got some strong performances, and then it just goes where you hope it's not going, you think it's going to go there, is it going there, are we going there? Yes, we go there, and the whole thing falls apart. But as I said, the, the performances are great, and, and Shia LaBeouf, who, you know, you see him in the tabloids, he's got some personal antics, I don't know about all that. But he can deliver, and he's really good here, and he's also gets some strong support from Gary Oldman and also uh, Kate Mara. He is a Marine, and he is on patrol. In the beginning, you see him on patrol with his fellow Marine and longtime uh, buddy, who's played by Jay Courtney, and they appear to be looking for survivors. It's the very near future. It looks very familiar, but it's, it's clear that there's been some sort of outbreak and these two Marines are looking for survivors, and Shia LaBeouf's character is looking for his son. And and that's the beginning, and then it weaves in some flashbacks and weaves in some backstory where you see him uh, going to boot camp, leaving for Afghanistan once he becomes a Marine, and then you start seeing bits of him speaking to a Marine counselor, played by Gary Oldman, and you, and you start, yeah, who's always welcome. Uh, and then you start seeing that Gary Oldman wants him to talk about an incident. There's been an incident. And so things start getting filled in, and I don't want to say too much uh, without you know giving away too much, but there's really two main pivotal plot points. I don't want to say twists, maybe. You'll guess one very early on, and then the other one, as it starts to become clear where it's going, you're like, oh. And it really takes a left turn at the, at the Lifetime channel. And it's unfortunate because, like I said, it wastes a solid start, I think, and some good performances with characters that could have been interesting if they were given somewhere a little more interesting to go. I mean, I think the the lesson maybe about PTSD and, you know, the, the battles, uh, the scars of war, these are not new messages. They're worthy messages. It just seems like maybe the writer wrote himself into a corner and, and wasn't inspired enough to figure out a better way out. Yeah, it's the territory is not new and the the way he goes about telling it is even less so, which just makes it worse. So it's unfortunate. I, it's one of those movies where you watch in the end, you're kind of a little bit curious what drew a lot of this talent to this story. Um, and it just, like I said, it just it just falls apart in the end. And uh, it comes off as very schmaltzy, very predictable, and even dated. I mean, we, we've been there, we've done this. And I think the, the intentions are good. I really do. It's a writer... It's a co-writer and director, Ditto Montel, I think is how you pronounce his name. Apologies if that's not correct. 
But uh, his his heart's in the right place. I really think it is. Intentions are good. Just can't get there. And it's mm-hmm. just it's just too much melodrama, and really some good performances wasted. Not only Shia LaBeouf, but Gary Oldman and, and Kate Mara, who plays um, Shia LaBeouf's wife. They have scenes. Shia LaBeouf has scenes with each of them. You know, more intimate and more intense with in, intense conversations, intense subject matter. Totally different. And so he brings different approaches to each of those scenes, and and everybody benefits from them. So, uh, yeah, good performances, but ultimately wasted on Man Down. It was a disappointment. Not as disappointing as the next one, Incarnate. I have an archdemon possessing the body of an innocent 11-year-old boy. Of course we sent in the best exorcists, but they failed. Who are you? I'm gonna help your son. I don't do exorcisms. I don't use religious methods to treat the symptoms. I go inside the victim's mind to treat the disease. I evict the demon from the inside. We're in your head. Wake up, buddy. This entity is strong. The strongest I've ever encountered. What happens when this entity is done with a kid and decides to jump? The boy dies. So we get a scary movie around Christmas time. That's usually not a good sign. Who's in the festive spirit? Let's go see. And you know, and it's it's a PG thirteen horror film, and those can be done. Well, I'm not saying it's impossible, the but ring. I'd say right. I'd say about ninety percent of the time they're cheap and slapped together, and they're aimed at you know middle schoolers who aren't really able to go to the better, scarier movies. The thing about this that absolutely kills me is that Aaron Eckhart stars. He is a conundrum, right? <laughs> because, because you know, if you're not familiar with him, I don't know why that is. He has the granite-jawed good looks to be a leading man and the talent to, you know, to, to not only sort of handpick the indie gems, but really elevate them to mainstream. Think, thank you for smoking, yeah. right? He's, rabbit hole. Yeah, uh, but, you know, for every rabbit hole, you know, there's an I, I Frankenstein, yeah. right? And for every in the company of men, there is a incarnate. It's so bad. Again, so, it's, it's kind of like the last one. You, you look at, at material like this and go, why? What's, exactly. What's, what's the draw here? You're better than this. Um, and, you know, but unlike the last one, there is not a single, th- I'll tell you this. There's one moment in this movie where I thought the director might do something interesting. Not even a scene, a moment, and he chose not to. <laughs> so there's some suspense there then, maybe. <laughs> Ooh, this almost got interesting. <laughs> so Eckhart plays, um, you know, don't call him an exorcist. He's... Okay. They're they're parasites from another dimension or demons. It doesn't. He's just he's not with the church, even though the church hires him to come and save this boy. But he doesn't care about saving this boy because he's all about Maggie, which is a really weird name for a demon. Uh, it's but he's damaged. Damn it! Oh, it's just so stupid. <laughs> it's so badly directed. It's it's just and and you know what's the worst part is he's in a cast of really mediocre talent. You know, uh, and he stands out as. The worst thing in the movie. Really? Yes, which is too bad. I mean, it's it's a lot of it's just a lot of a check here or what? I don't. It's a lot of soap opera direction. Oh. I can't tell you how many close-ups there are on long, ponderous looks. It was like, I don't need to see one more person's eyeballs. I swear to God, I really don't. <laughs> and then he would just deliver lines like, "I don't care." 
I really don't. And I just think, oh, Aaron Eckhart, what are you doing? <laughs> and then it all leads up to this climax that there's no chance you don't see coming. What you won't see coming is the bad sci-fi channel FX. You'll be shocked by how your teenage kid could have put it together on his laptop bad, the wow. effects are. Well, it, we've got a theme here this week. We've got bad predictability and things that sound like they are more fit for some sort of cable channel. Exactly. But there is some good news this week, depending on where you are. There's a good one in limited release. It's been trickling out in different markets uh, in the last few weeks, and it features a fantastic lead performance by Rebecca Hall, and it's called Christine. I'm a reporter at WZRB, and I'm always on the lookout for a positive human interest story. Here we go, folks. This is my first strawberry of the season. Yeah, it's juicy. We need higher ratings. If it bleeds, it leads. This is totally at odds with the work that I've been doing. It's exploitative. Christine, this isn't the start of one of your moods, is it? These people are ruining me. And now, let's kick it over to Christine Chubbuck. In keeping with the WZRB policy, complete reports of local blood and guts, TV30 presents what is believed to be a television first. I gotta think she's gonna be remembered come a nomination time. I hope time. so. Yeah. I hope so. It's a, it's a stellar performance. Uh, you might know the story of uh, broadcast journalist Christine Chubbuck, who uh, committed suicide on air. And this is her story. And in a lot of ways, it could feel like just a 90-minute prelude to what you're waiting for. But because of Rebecca Hall's just outstanding performance, you get a real, really great sense of uh, Christine's fragility and um, and the way that her own sort of isolation and loneliness and lack of social skills kind of comes to a head with the the changing tide of journalism, sort of the if it bleeds, it leads kind of of push toward toward journalism, which is really something that she is not quite prepared to deal with. It, it kind of is an affront to her integrity as a journalist. And so what you do in the film is watch these two things kind of collide. And one of the things there's a scene where she she just turns and she's very calm and open and accepting and it's and I think it's at that moment that first of all you realize how her arc has she's gotten more brittle she's gotten more sort of uh internal and darker and then all of a sudden actually it's when she's calm and open that is the eeriest of all it's a great performance there's a lot of really good performances in the film and it's definitely worth checking out yeah there it really is uh, her performance the entire ensemble and it's funny because I think right about this same time, there's a documentary out about this subject as well. Yes. And it's called Kate Plays Christine, mm -hmm. and it's about a totally different actress, right, who's getting ready to play this part in some other project, right. which we have not seen, that, that movie, that documentary. But it's interesting that all of a sudden this story, uh, this slice of pop culture, tragic slice of pop culture is coming out. But you're right, it's a, fa it's a really interesting story, not only for the sadness of the tragedy, sure, but also her as a character study because it's clear she was a very troubled person, right, and had episodes of depression sure. leading up to this. So something there just just set her off. Mm -hmm. And um, you're right, the moment when she becomes so calm, it's almost like did she just decide right right now what she's going to do and is now at peace with it? And it, it is fascinating. It's a fascinating story, and uh, it's a fascinating, very very effective performance. Rebecca Hall has been good. Almost all the time. Yes, absolutely. In many projects. But I, I hope 
you are right that she's remembered come awards time because she deserves it. And I hope more people or enough people see this movie. Um, Agreed. Be- yeah, because it's not, you know, it's not the happy-go-lucky movie for the holidays, but it's it's definitely worth seeing for, for her performance and the entire ensemble performance alone. So, yeah, so a little bit of good news in the new releases this week, but there's also good news in the new releases on video because we both liked very much one called Don't Breathe. This is one of those movies, you know, it's got a lot of elements that are that are familiar, you know, in the horror genre. There's a break-in, there is, you know, a, a handicapped person, and, you know, there's, but but he, uh, they turn it all around. Fede Alvarez, who also directed the Evil Dead reboot, which we loved, mm-hmm. you know, he does, he turns the whole thing around so that you don't really see what's coming, so that all of the characters are somewhat empathetic and yet actually sort of villainous at the same time. Um, and that even if you know what the surprise is that's coming, it really doesn't matter because the way they build tension to this movie is almost unbearable. I love this movie. It's just, I mean, it's not a masterpiece. It's not Silence of the Lambs, right? But it's so much fun. It's so tense, and you just find yourself like, like ah! it's. I love it. You know, and honestly, I think maybe if you're like us that, that so appreciate movies like this, maybe your appreciation of it is amped up even more because you're so happy that it doesn't let you down. Right. You know, because we've been let down so many times by movies like this incarnate. And you see something that, okay, it's it's borrowed ideas. Sure, it's wait until dark, you know, amped up for, for today's type of intensity. But you can take those elements and you can make them fresh and you can give them a spin and you can shoot them well and edit them well and make it exciting. Yeah, I thought it was a kick. I yeah. really did. I thought it was a kick. So don't breathe. If you haven't seen that, definitely check that out on DVD. And the rest of the the rest of the batch on video, kind of a mixed bag. We've got the BFG, which we thought was good to look at. I thought the story was pretty boring, and I'm really not surprised it bombed. Right. I was a little disappointed that that it didn't do any better. It's 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 got a great central character. It does look great. Steven Spielberg uh, adapted the Roald Dahl book, but um, it just you know, he, um, I think he doesn't, he doesn't sort of dive into Dahl's kind of weird, dark humor and there's no real action. So I'm yeah. with you. I mean, I think, I think it's too slow to appeal to very little kids. And, oh yeah, very much so. You know, uh, and, and I think that that's really, it's, it's probably too slow to appeal to older kids. Yeah. I mean, I really think it's mostly adults who might appreciate this movie I'm, and yeah, not I, love it. I wasn't familiar with the story at all. Uh, and it bored me. Uh, I did like looking at it. Technically, yeah, there are some marvelous things there, but it it really bored me. And Pete's Dragon on on a similar level, it's Disney, and Disney's had a pretty good year. Yep, I think this was kind of the the chink in their armor because it's the live action reimagining of the 1970s cartoon, and it just it's really lacking in in wonder. Uh, it's very forced. All the characters are very broadly drawn, which is weird because it's by the same director that did Ain't Them Body Saints. Oh, that's incredible which to me. Which we like very much. And it just, this, the approach to me was very surprising. It didn't seem confident in telling the story for anyone older than the character of Pete. Everything is just so, the, the, the adult characters are just so broadly drawn. And <laughs> I'm going to twiddle my mustache to let you know I'm the bad guy in town. <laughs> you know, and, yeah. and plus the dragon, he looked like a big dog. <laughs> yeah, very underwhelmed by Pete's dragon. And uh, Ab Fab the movie, 
is one that I didn't see, but you liked it pretty well. I did. You know, I mean, it's it's funny, you know, and the, and the two leads always have funny things to say. Uh, I, it is an enjoyable film. It's just not great because it's really quite stuck in the 90s, which is when the show was first a big giant hit. And and it's it's hard sometimes the jokes just feel a bit a bit dated you know um it feels like a lengthy tv show which is kind of too bad but it but it does have some fun laughs to it yeah so the pick of the litter this week for sure uh, both uh, in theaters and on dvd is don't breathe worth, worth checking out for some good some good suspenseful scares and looking ahead to next week good stuff coming nocturnal animals the new one from tom ford which neither one of us has seen yet but it's getting some great Great word of mouth. Looking forward to seeing Cannot wait to see Cannot it. wait to see that. Amy Adams, Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah, it's yeah. going to be great. Yeah, looking forward to that. And also Office Christmas Party, which I just saw tonight. That's right. And uh, so we'll get into that more next week. But it's got some it's got some good laughs. And it's got <laughs> some really reliable performers in it, too. Jason Bateman. Yeah, and we've got and uh, Kate McKinnon. And right. a bunch of regular... Regular faces and some good solid, uh, good solid laughs. Maybe not the greatest comedy ever, but I'm getting ahead of myself. But anyway, so we'll get to that next week, and definitely some good stuff coming as we get uh, closer to the new year. It's and almost time for Rogue One. Um, oh, that's right. We're going to see that in a couple of weeks, so that's definitely on the horizon. You've still got La La Land coming. You've yeah. got Manchester by the Sea. Some great ones. So. Looking forward to those, but as always, uh, we'd love to keep the conversation going on Twitter. Please hit us up. Let us know what you thought of any of these. At Mad Wolf, M-A-D-D-W-O-L-F, easiest way to get us on Twitter. And the Screening Room Podcast is a presentation of the Columbus Radio Group and MadWolf.com. Until next week, I'm George Wolf. I'm Hope Madden. And this is the Screening Room Podcast. See ya. I do wish we could chat longer, but I'm having an old friend for dinner.